Michael, I was hoping for a closer game. Uh, there's a long way to go, my friend, and it's closer than it was. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see whose pitching holds up. Well, the, our starter just got chased, so. Our 9-1-2 and one, two ERA pitcher got chased out in the first inning. I don't know what you... Touche. Yeah. I, too, yeah. follow baseball. I was going to say, welcome <laughs> to We Were Gamers, a podcast about baseball. Hey, you know, I went to an in-person baseball game, 263 episodes of We Were Gamers later. I've gone to a lot of in-person baseball games. but Yeah, I was uh, going to say, sometime during those 263 episodes, you have been to an in-person baseball multi- game Multiple. Before. Yeah. But not during the pandemic. It was nice. It was cool to go to. Hello. How is everyone? I can't tell if I'm exhausted from a long weekend or exhausted from recovering from what we did to ourselves this weekend. <laughs> a bit of column A. Could be. I feel, uh, I feel tired. I've been tired, but mostly from work today, so not really so much the weekend. Although I, I'm exhausted if I think about what we did <laughs> to ourselves. Yeah. I, I feel like I off the bat, thinking about off the bat, I feel like I should apologize to you guys. I was listening to the end of last week's episode and realized that I actually said the phrase, what's the worst that could happen? You fool. So, so you, that you absolute be... fool. How could you do something like that? Why did you do it? <laughs> you tempted the fates. Well, uh, oh. the We Were Gamers crew and families uh, are vaccinated, and therefore we finally held our much delayed wing challenge. I don't the know. Thing what... we had talked about doing over a year ago. We finally did in person. Yeah. Michael, your basting brush is still here. I cleaned it for you. Oh, thank you. I'll I'll get that back at some point. <laughs> good, good. It still smells slightly of Korean wings. Oh yeah, it'll do that for a couple of days. <laughs> well, there's a lot of that sauce. It was good. Um, I kept the extra. I'm going to use it to marinate something. For sure. Uh, I don't know how much of a challenge, quote unquote, it ended up being because we all picked we all picked very different flavor profiles. Yeah, it wasn't like whose buffalo sauce is best, but uh, I kind of like I was kind of impressed by the variety we ended up with, and I know in some respect we did it to avoid overlapping. Right, I think but so. Also, I think, I think it we it, just like it, picked weird stuff. Yeah, I think it due to the nature of. Having been apart so long, I think a lot of a lot of my mental capacity went to. Uh, I just want a fun time, and like a fun time sounded like having a variety of wings rather than like challenging someone else's wings, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, an impressive variety. I went with. Uh, so we, what we did was, uh, I Costcoed up a bunch of wings. JJ, Michael, and I decided on exactly how we wanted to cook them and what sauces to put on. I went with uh, honey barbecue, chili lime, mostly lime apparently, and based uh, on the leftovers, mostly lime. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> still and, not bad, but no, 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 and uh, smoked uh, herb wings as well. Yeah, I so I did the original Anchor Bar Buffalo recipe. Um, and then a uh, Korean glazed, and what was the last one I did? Oh, uh, garlic parmesan. And I ended up doing three. Is a, I ended up doing three hot sauce flavors from the Hot Ones uh, YouTube show. Yeah, uh, because that was at least in. On my side of the household, this was the inspiration for us deciding to do this. (laughs) So I wanted to bring some flavors straight off their show. Uh, The classic hot sauce, which is their like lowest heat level, uh, but great flavor on that one. 
Uh, and then we brought a honey, a spicy, supposed to be spicy honey. And I would say that that failed spectacularly in the spicy honey flavor. Just honey flavor, though. A lot of honey. Honey's very honey, good. Honey flavor with a good, like, I don't, this is the wrong way to say it, but like Panda Express spice. Yeah, it, it, like the wings were seasoned with garlic and salt, or sorry, with salt and pepper, and then it felt like I just glazed them in honey. Yeah, but which like, was good, but I didn't get any other flavors from that uh, that sauce, which is I, I was expecting like a hot honey, like a Nashville hot honey kind of a thing. Yeah, and I think maybe it was not buying. I just didn't buy what I thought I bought there. I think it just uh, it just wasn't. It was just more of a glaze. It really wasn't. Yeah, yeah, but it is good. Like again, yeah, like none great. of them were bad. Yeah, very, very I, flavorful. I would consider just buying the classic hot sauce to have around. It was good. Uh, yeah, I, we had this is the entire like this bottle that I brought is the second bottle because we had drank an entire bottle of the first one already <laughs> on wings and and other stuff. So because it is good, it is, just has a great flavor and is not spicy really. Uh, and then the final one that I did was the last dab triple x which is one of the versions of the last dab they've had uh and that while intensely spicy still had flavor and actually tasted like something which is not what we can say about other things that we had later no but give the last dab a minute and uh credit to michael's as well we're not really talking about our sauces so much because they're i don't know maybe just handmade and less interesting but uh, but i mean i think all your guys' sauces were really good like I, you know, it, I actually really liked uh, that Korean glaze yeah. that Michael made. That, was, that was really really good. And Andrew's barbecue was great. Uh, I like the chili lime. Uh, I think maybe other people would have preferred it mixed a different way, but I think I think it's good as is. And the smoked Myself, one yeah. was easily the like the biggest chicken wings out of any of them. Like somehow it just retained. Yeah, more meat that was and weird, right? Chicken than yeah. the other ones. It was very strange. They definitely stayed much more plump than than every other wing we cooked. And I don't know if that's like was I you know using too much heat or was I using too much direct heat? Maybe and I should have been using indirect heat. That's they probably benefited from a slightly lower temperature too. Yeah, I Could mean be. they cooked at two twenty for two yeah. hours instead of what we cooked most of ours around four fifty or lower. Or slightly yeah. lower in my case. Um, okay, let's give the last dab a talk here. That flavor mm. is good, and like I agree. I, so, do you have the bottle nearby? Uh, I could go get it if we want to. I'm curious if there's mustard in pause. there or something else like that. It could be. It could yeah. be. Hold on, I'll I'll come back get, once get I... that bottle because I'm curious. But Michael, I don't know about you, but it, like when I ate that. Yeah, I got heat. Yeah, it hurt a little bit. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't roll it in a wing like that normally. I'd spread it out a little bit more, you know. But a drop yeah. or two of that on some food is some heat for real and some flavor for real. Oh yeah. It's the it's the kind of sauce that you could use to like kick up another sauce. Oh, for sure. Like you yeah. put a drop of that into something else just to add some extra heat. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is the J- JJ will say this when he gets back. There is dry mustard in it. Oh, okay. So uh, often what I do with like habanero salsas and stuff like that that are kind of good amount of heat. Habaneros have a lot mm-hmm. of flavor in them. They um, do. Yeah. So right. I'll kick those so, into other sauces for sure. I'm looking at this. Uh. Uh, boopadoo, boopadoo, three, you know some. What? What's the? What's I'm the main? At the ingredient. I'm trying to find the the actual ingredient. Oh, okay. I was curious what the main pepper was and whether there's mustard in it. So, here here is the entirety of the ingredients list. Pepper X. Oh, cho- okay. Chocolate pepper X, peach pepper X, distilled vinegar, ginger root, turmeric, coriander cumin dry mustard so there's not no mustard in this but there Hmm. isn't a lot it's last interesting there's certainly some but i mean like you know stuff like turmeric and coriander and cumin can add those flavors as well right 
I can't believe that that's Pepper X in there because Pepper X is twice as hot as Carolina Reaper. It lists Pepper X, Chocolate Pepper X. I believe you. Peach I just pepper. don't believe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the the sauce this sauce is supposed to be over three million Scoville units. What, pray tell, then? The heck is the Scoville units of the Packy Chip? Because that uses Carolina Reaper, and we need to talk about what you did to us, JJ. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know, is the answer. Uh, it was bad, though, in in really every in way. In every way possible. Oh, my yeah, goodness. Yeah, it, in really every way. Um... Hold on, let me... Uh, okay, the One Chip uh, Challenge says it's a 2.2 million Scoville. Well, that's just uh, wrong, then, because I would argue that uh, this tasted not only much spicier, but also really, uh, really, really bad. Horrendously bad. I've never... Uh, I can't remember tasting anything worse in my life. Yeah. Yeah, it's it. Uh, like their website, I think, is mostly interested in social media of people attempting to eat this. Okay, so the size of it is roughly so if it for a human like adult, a potato chip. It's about the size of a large Dorito. It fits in the palm of your hand, right? And we yeah. broke it into four pieces. Four pieces. Three. Three and a tiny bit. <laughs> but yeah, it, their social media would encourage you to eat the whole thing by yourself. Dude, their do social it. media is not smart. No. And so eating approximately a third of this chip was first disgusting. It tasted awful. It, it, the flavor was like cardboard mixed with sawdust and, and ash. And ash, yeah, ash is the right word. It, like it felt like like chewing fire pit ashes. Yes, yeah, it had that gritty sort gritty. of gritty. Yes, and so that's the flavor, and you swallow it, and you immediately know you've made an error. <laughs> chewing it, I knew I made an error just from the taste alone. You're like, there's, oh, there's no, no way this can get better. The minute it went in, I was like, there's no flavor to this. This is not even an attempt to make this palatable. Yeah. It was just unbelievably awful. And then, so you <laughs> wait like 30 seconds, and you're like, okay, this is like very spicy, but not like ruining my life spicy. Mm -hmm. But as you wait more, the life ruining begins. <laughs> I feel like it was engineered to make the flavor not go away. Whereas maybe the hot sauce, yeah. as virtue of being real food, even though the Reaper, the Pepper X might be hotter, it was real food made it for real food on real food and we ate it and then it went away. Yeah, I think part of the problem is that because it was uh, powdered Carolina Reaper dust on a chip, it just like grinds into your teeth and sticks there. Because you have to chew it, and then you have to like right. get those little bits off your teeth later. Yeah, yeah, that could be it. I I cannot dissuade anyone strongly enough. I, I cannot speak strongly enough about what a mistake it was. Just every part of the experience was bad. At no point did I feel like people were having fun, even <laughs> at our expense. <laughs> No, I don't think anyone even had fun at our expense. Like, if it was one of those things where, like, "Ha, you ate," you're like crying on the floor because of how painful this is, or whatever. That would be funny, at least for someone, not us, but yeah. someone. I don't think that even happened. Everyone was like, we all just like started trying to vomit. <laughs> it, was, it, it was terrible. Yeah, yeah. I think everyone at, at some point was crying. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I regretted it deeply. And it, the worst part of it was that later, like 30 minutes plus later, my stomach was upset. 
<laughs> oh yeah, like you you it burned all the way down. Yeah, I didn't have like you know too terrible of a bathroom experience later, which sometimes <laughs> is a thing. Uh, but like my stomach was just upset. Like I woke up the next morning and like I w- you know was not in a great gut place. Yeah. It's just bad, man. All the way, the entire experience was bad. Threw your entire system out of whack. I could feel that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. So no one should ever do that. Don't do the one-chip thing. It's terrible. It's not even a good gag. It was not an experience we enjoyed. I I would drink this entire bottle of the Last Dab Triple X hot sauce (laughs) before I would have a bite of one of those chips again. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I don't know if I would go that far, but I definitely... I mean, I def- I, there was flavor. The hot sauce had flavor in it. Like, I could taste something. I just imagine what the- an entire bottle of, of that would do to your insides. I mean, you would have a really bad time. I mean, It'd be you, very bad. You might need but to then be in I, at least, But at least I would have had tasted something instead of, like, ash and then pain. Yeah. Fortunately for all of you, we videotaped the beginning of the experience, so you can watch our descent into madness. The, the immediate reactions of like, oh no, we've made a mistake. Yeah, uh, that's about as much as you need to know. It only got worse from there. There was crying. Yeah. There was drinking milk out of a saucer. Yeah. <laughs> I remember you frantically searching. You were like, you started drinking oat milk, and then you were like, this isn't going to work. Yeah, it's the real milk. We had to find the real milk, and then you're like, okay, and we started having. And you're like looking for a cup, and you're like, whatever. Here's a bowl. <laughs> I couldn't. I physically couldn't concentrate hard enough to yeah. think about where the other cups were that weren't in the place that I was looking, and so it's yep. just like, here's bowls. I can't, can't function yep. more than this. Yep. I was oh. like trying to frantically eat as much celery and carrots with ranch on it as I could. The only thing really that helping. helped was holding stuff in your mouth and not talking or moving. Yeah. yeah. It, it worked with water too. <laughs> if you could hold like water in your mouth, like fill your mouth with water and just hold it there. Yeah. Yeah. Not good. Ugh. Well, my adventures weren't over. Oh, no. After that, uh, I did went down to. <laughs> we did. Good choice. <laughs> ice cream was good. It probably helped. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, I, I enjoyed my milkshake. So uh, we went and got ice cream and then went home uh, to see my parents and had a nice brunch with them the next morning. That was wonderful. And then we went to drive back to San Diego. The next day. Sunday. The next. This is Sunday the next day. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So there was a fire. Uh, no. A fire. Another one. Oh, okay. Uh, At least it wasn't. Five <laughs> south. A trailer, oh, no. apparently, from like a big rig, oh, no. had burst into flames, and five south was down to two lanes, right past one of the rest areas near Camp Pendleton, like right past Camp Pendleton, basically. Uh-huh. So we went probably one mile an hour for seven something miles. Oh no! I mean, you know, obviously, it would, and I think it took us. Three hours to go what should have been a 45-minute drive. What is it with you and fires on the freeway where you can't get around them? Weird that luck? There is no... uh, There's no alternate route there from uh -uh. where we were in Dana Point to San Diego. You have to take the 5 South. There's no other choice. Well, even PCH becomes the freeway at a certain point. Right. There aren't even, like, service roads on the side that you could take because one of them goes into a nuclear power facility which is closed and you can't go through there's even train if you tracks to. you could ride on on the one side yeah yeah maybe uh and then the other side's a military base and you can't obviously go through that nope so well, uh yeah I, I didn't have any choice there it sucked pretty bad jeez uh yeah so i think the problem is that we've been going outside and i'm learning that i should just stay in and never <laughs> go back to <laughs> so i'm sorry I'm sorry, friends. I can never see any of you again. Oh, no. Uh, it was or, great to see you. The other option is now all of you have to come visit us. And uh, the it will now be your problem and not our problem because you're coming to visit us. See? <laughs> oh, yeah. This is true. And maybe we won't have the luck. Yeah. And so it'll just work fine for you guys. It'll just be like a normal everyday car drive as it should be. Sure. But, in, you know. Yeah. Oh, man. 
Well, we enjoyed your visit up and it was uh it was a good time. I really enjoyed eating wings and just chilling. It was very good. And it really every flavor of wing had something to recommend about it. So I think it was a oh, pretty impressive group. I think that uh I could tweak a lot of the stuff and enjoy the tweaks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't tweak much about your guys' recipes. I was just saying, like, personally, I looked at my, what what I ended up coming up with. And that's kind of the fun. And you know what? Um, I've got, like, 9 million uh, packages of Costco wings to do that with. So <laughs> Keep no experimenting. <laughs> yeah. I've got a bunch more recipes if you want some. Nice. I will awesome. say the the only thing I was missing is that when we make wings at home, we do a version of breaded wings in a chick in the air fryer. Oh, okay. And there's no good way to do that. One of the recipes I had, one of the recipes I had required or not required, but it said you could roll them in flour. And I was like, ah, I don't know. So that's, that's how we used to do them. Um, my parents had, uh, they used to have um, like a, an outdoor deep fryer. Um, Ooh, a real one. And they would just like dredge the wings in flour, you know, season them with salt and pepper, dredge them in flour, and then just drop them into the grease. Man, yep. the, um, the house fire kind. Yeah, basically. Um, so we would always do that like out on the deck or in the garage. Um, and then they eventually converted to uh, an indoor fryer, so the kind that you can seal up that has a filter. Uh, but they still make them the same way, dredge them in flour. And that's not too far off of the recipes that we use in the air fryer. It's like you dredge them in, you know, corn flour and, you know, put some seasonings and stuff in there and air fry them. And then after you take it out of the air fryer, you apply various flavors and whatnot. Mm. Um, but the what? problem is the air fryer that we have is even despite being relatively sizable, it's pretty hard to make a lot of wings in there. Sure. And to feed a, a even a small sized group, you kind of have to make a ton of wings and the process just takes a long time because you have to do it for a certain amount and then take it out and flip them and put it back in and do it for a while and then repeat again and then repeat. And it's just a, it's too long of a process to do for multiple people. So it was not worth uh, following that, but right. it is, uh, it is good uh, to do, you know, have some wings like that as well. Nice. I enjoyed what we did. So, can't oh. can't complain. Well, you guys also helped me uh, sort through my speaker issue. Ended up settling on doing the Sonos system after you guys talked me out of it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think they're just gonna stick to it. I I know. I I think the the idea of being able to move it around. And like combine the systems and all that sort of stuff is is what I'm interested in, and nobody else really provides that option. There's built-in versions, I guess, mm. but they all need to pair back to each other versus having these sort of independent systems you can kind of go with. Um, so I'm gonna try it out. You know, uh, famously as one person on this podcast, but it what's the what's that could happen? <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> I think I think you will end up discovering you won't end up moving it as much as you think you will. But having the option is always good because there will be that one time you will try to do it and then be happy you can. I would. Yeah, exactly. I th- yeah, I think you're right. I think it'll be that one time I plug in Fury Road for a movie night or something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. And you're like, I need all five channels now. Yeah, put it behind need, me, please. Need the behind ones so that when the car drives up behind me, yeah. I know Furiosa is on the road. You need to be able to hear just what a wonderful day it is. Oh, boy, do I. <laughs> oh, well, it might be time. It might be time for the promised moment. A return of the component class. We have had some time off from it. Dun, dun, dun. I know, right? I know. We've had some time off because, really, I mean, uh, we're just waiting on we one of you two to build a computer. I say we kind of <laughs> ran out of topics. Yeah, I mean, what you're what you're waiting on is a chip shortage. Yeah, oh, I know, right? Because <laughs> yeah. we could talk about video cards all day if there were any video cards to buy. 
someday. Yeah, it's just unfortunate that there's like there is stuff to say about video cards, but we can't ever possibly recommend anyone attempt to buy one right now. So, any thirty sixty Ti's showing up in the wild yet? Uh, I think that they're out there. Just the problem is you got to be like a you know a, a <sighs> got to know somebody who works at a micro center. Yeah. yeah, get it delivered to your house. Or pay eight hundred dollars for a four hundred dollar chip, Oof. or or run a like StockX bot or something so that you can get it before it actually shows up on the website or something like that. Yeah, I imagine you have to pay for those, right? I don't know how any of that works. <laughs> Probably <laughs> the good ones. Yeah, I don't want to know how they work. Correct. I don't want to live in a world where I need to go figure out a bot to figure out how to get a card. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It just feels wrong. It's wrong. Okay. We teased it, and we're going to talk about controllers, because there's been a lot of controller in my life recently, trying stuff out, trying out brands outside of the Sonys and the Nintendos and the Microsofts. And I think there's a heck of a world that revolves around the controller that is uh, explorable as well. JJ, you mentioned a few things like games revolve around controllers sometimes. You know, that upcoming Playdate system I got an email about has its own crank controller, right? And like the games on there revolve only around that. And so things like the Wii had motion controllers and uh and the ideas around all that stuff are, are pretty unique even the button layouts of what's where and who uses what and nintendo is quote unquote backwards and although everybody else is actually backwards right mm-hmm. uh all that so i don't know i wanted to get us going somehow so i thought about talking about my recent, most recent experience here with the Scuff Vantage 2 that we've talked about a little bit. I'm saying what it is. I'm not advertising for it, just for the haters. I want to say that up front. Um, but I wanted to mention that I still enjoy it. It's still working well, but there's something about it, and there's something about other controllers I've noticed. There's a little, uh, little bit of a problem with it. There's a little bit of a problem with other stuff that I use, but with the Scuff... They have some side buttons on this thing. I don't know if they have them on normal Dual Shocks. I haven't. I don't think there are. Do you have your Dual Shock nearby, JJ? Yeah. Is there yeah, a shoulder button on the left? A shoulder button? There's yeah. two shoulder buttons. There's an L1 and an R1. You There's, mean like down the side? Though? Yeah. Is there an S1 and an S2? No. Ah, see, this scuff has an S1 and S2 down the side on the right and left to the. Uh, east and west of the L1 and R1 buttons. Mm. And I find... Yes, not a thing. I find that when surprised by somebody popping through a window in Warzone, I act twitch on the controller, and then I accidentally hit that button, and I spray paint my enemy instead of shoot them. <laughs> Can you not rebind that key to something a little more lethal? So, uh, so for the people that are scuff haters... I have rebound that key to ping multiple times. It does not stick. Oh. Cool. Oops. Yep. Yep. This is why I buy controllers that have the standard button layout. There's no rebinding unless the game supports rebinding for the normal buttons that are used by everyone, right? And in fact, this DualShock... Uh, I'm currently using a DualShock 4. I had been using a DualShock 3 for many years, and that controller finally decided that it didn't want to have a stick that worked correctly on the right side. That's the stock uh, Sony one, by the way, for people that don't know what a DualShock is. Correct. The, the stock Sony PlayStation 3 controller. I'm now yeah. using a stock Sony PlayStation 4 controller. Yeah. Uh, the touchpad on this thing is uh, straight-up useless. No one uses it. No, uh, very, very, very few games support it. I, I found I push it to use one. the map. It depends if the game supports that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, exactly. In some games, it does support that. Um, I found one game that allows you to push one side and get one action, and the other side to get a different action. Oh, uh, wow. one 
one game. Wow. Uh, and that is it. Uh, for most things, it is it is a nothing. And the options button, which is the uh, what would be the select button, and the share button, which would be the, the start button, are the only buttons that really matter. And then the rest of the usual, you know, D-pad, four face buttons, two sticks, there are bumpers, two, and triggers. There are two branches here of this discussion that, that should happen. One, bot key bindings, and two, the tech, the new tech of controllers, right? Um, let's go with the new tech of controllers because I think a lot of controllers try stuff out. Let's start, you know, like the Steam controller tried to have those discs where you moved around your fingers that didn't actually have sticks, right? They're like haptically feedback. Yeah, haptic, a, haptics a, dishes or a, whatever they were instead of sticks. Um, like mouse emulation, but then can also be used to act like an analog stick in some cases. The right, dual, they were supposed to offer more customization compared to a traditional controller. The there dual, are some people that really like that Steam controller, and Steam does still support using it if you want to. Um, yeah. But I'm, yeah. So you Val, have to find that's one. Valve's controller, people. Yeah, you can find them. Um, I don't know how much expensive they are now. Not very. If you can find, can't... if you can find them sold through Steam, which they do every some sometimes. Yeah, uh, they are not expensive. They're also, let's see, only useful really in Steam with games on Steam. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, yeah. you're gonna have to emulate another controller anyway, and it may not work very well. Yeah. I mean, you can get a Steam Link and Steam controller for like fifty bucks. That's so, not bad. Steam links have frequently sold for like ten or five dollars. Yeah, I'm just saying, if you had all of it together in one package, right, you could probably mm-hmm. grab one on eBay right now if you care. I wouldn't if I were you, personally. It's just not unless your entire game library is in Steam and you really like that haptic stuff. But I, I don't know that I would love haptic feedback. But you know, Dual Shocks have. Or the newer Dual Shocks had the uh, the tactile mini thing in the middle. Uh, the newer Dual Shocks have some sort of haptic tension on the triggers. You talking about the PS5 Dual Shock? Yeah, yeah, the PS5. It, it has a like adaptive trigger or something they call it, where like the tension increases as you pull it down, or or can right. Uh, Xbox tried to do a convertible D pad. Nintendo's done. 10 million different things, including that new rumble feature that they tried to put in the, the switch that no one uses. About what time do you think people that make games stopped being interested in new features on controllers? The Xbox 360. Right. That was the layout, right? Like the, the layout of four on a side, four triggers, a D pad and two sticks is kind of it. For forever could, at this point, isn't it? Yeah, the the setup that was common in the PS2 era, right, was very similar to that. Right, a PS2 DualShock controller is pretty similar to that one that you just yeah. described. Yeah, you just swap the positions of some of the the sticks and the D pad, but it, it, the buttons are all there, right? Right. And so, but the PS2 was still kind of experimental. Like, I mean, the PS2 sort of conflated with the GameCube, right? That's that same kind of era. Stuff was still kind of weird over there. But Microsoft came in with the original Xbox, right? And it had that white button and the black button. Uh, And then I think Microsoft then, when they were coming out with the 360, they looked at this and they were like, did anyone actually use these white buttons and black buttons really on that, you know, that original big, the, the Duke, you know? Uh, I haven't heard the they, Duke in a while, man. And they looked at that and were like, "No one cared about this. This controller was too big. We so that we so big we had to make a smaller one because no one could fit their hand around this thing." I liked it, and there are still people who like it. Uh, I mean, I like the size of it. I don't actually like the controller of it. It's it is too big to use. Even I, who like have big hands, thought that was weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, and. You know, they're like, what if we just like distill it down to these things? These are the PS2 was extremely popular. It had the button layout that mostly worked. What if we just do something like swap the control, the sticks and the D-pad, like their place? We just call it good. And then the mic, the Xbox 360 sold a bajillion D units. 
a lot. And the PS3 came out and also had this essentially the same layout, right? Like the same sets of buttons anyway, whether the positions were a little different. Yeah. And after that, everyone who had been gaming now has learned to use just that layout. Why shake it up unless you have a good reason, right? Well, and and yeah. okay, the uh the Nintendo may use the some of their features cuz they make so many first-party games, but like a single feature on you know the PlayStation like the the tactile mid button is not going to get used on almost all the games made on that system because they're going to be put on an Xbox later or a PC. Correct. And so hey, we've got this kind of interesting nifty little feature that didn't really break the mold of the system. This controller's still the same. I don't think anyone cares anymore. I think that they're wasting time and money by trying to do that sort of stuff. Make Please the tell controllers. Nintendo. Please tell Nintendo to stop inventing dumb systems and weird handhelds with <laughs> new control layouts so that, that they can just always... use the same controller as everyone Nintendo's else. That's Nintendo's job. Yeah, that that's has always Nintendo's been their job. thing, is pushing the envelope with controllers. And and sometimes, you know, like with the Wii, they come out with something that really pushes uh, pushes the other systems to adapt. Yeah, everybody had to make motion systems, right? Like an, everybody had the, the Connect or the playstation move or all these things because the wii was what it was so i don't know that you'd say nintendo should stop they they do so much first party that it makes sense right i mean but the issue is because their stuff is so different and because they do so much first party that you can't get other games on their systems in a lot of instances right i'm not sure that people care and that's fine but people that are making, if the goal is to have the most games everywhere, yeah, which it's obviously not for Nintendo, right? Sure. Nintendo, that is not sure. their goal. Well, but if it was, job the they Switch. would need to be using a more standard control scheme. Yeah, but they have, I mean, it's not like Nintendo doesn't have a standard controller that they support. Ugh, right. Controller. <laughs> I used it this weekend for this discussion. The Switch Pro controller? Yeah, I have things to say about that controller. Okay, did you try to use it to play Warzone? No, I did not. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I The Switch Pro Controller is better than Switch Joy-Cons. Okay. It is not better than, like, let's say, this DualShock 4 on nope. my... Not even close. Over here. Uh, speaking of the button but layout, is... though, like... Yeah. Uh, so, I don't know if you guys have a picture up of a 360 controller uh, and a, a DualShock. On the bottom, B on the right. X on the left. No, 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 no. <laughs> that, that's an Xbox 360. I know, I know. Yep. Uh, but if you can picture that in a PlayStation controller, where do you guys land on the stick layout? Do you know uh, what I'm talking I, about? I have used both so many times that my hand just goes to wherever the stick is. Sure. Uh, I have yeah, certainly used I, more PlayStation controllers than Xbox controllers in my life, though. So if I have to pick, I'm going to pick that only because I've done it more. So this scuff that I have, which is a DualShock, right, in in every other way possible, has the Xbox layout. And I have to say that I prefer it with the left stick higher than the right stick. I want to say that that is a commonly held opinion. I'm not surprised by that. I find it more comfortable in the hand. I don't know why. Because both sticks up high would not be good. I think it's because you're snapping. Sure. I think it's because you're snapping fingers closer. It's easier to snap your finger from the left to the right than the right to the left. You know what I mean? On your right hand. Like it's practice easier for it. me to move my thumb. It's easy. The- so- so for, with your right hand, move your thumb from the left to the right and then from the right to the left and see how accurate you can be. You know what I mean? I think that's why I prefer that stick that stick low. And then the other stick being high is actually more restful and comfortable to have it closer to my hand. Yeah, that, that part for sure I agree with. Mm-hmm. So since that stick, that hand doesn't have to move quickly to get onto buttons, it makes sense. 
for it to be higher up if it can be. Yeah, I, don't know. I, I think there is definitely something about saying that, like, how compared with face buttons, how often are you needing to move from like the left analog stick to the D pad, right? Well, hardly. And maybe, you know, maybe every- there are some games where it's important to do that all the time, but it's probably pretty infrequent, right? Sure. Like maybe if if you're playing like a fighting game or something, maybe you're just using the D pad and you don't even use the control stick, right? But like I. Yeah. I can't think of too many places where you would need to constantly be switching that thumb around. And I think versus based, the other one, you probably want to be doing all the time, right? I think based on what fighting games require, it doesn't matter where the D pad is. It only matters the quality of the D pad. I mean, yes, this precision and or fight stick, you know, right? It really, the answer is that people that play fighting games get fighting sticks, right? And that just is a whole separate rabbit hole. Like we're not going to talk about fight sticks here because a, I don't think any of us have any, and it also is a hobby that goes all the way down a rabbit hole of like with the people like these kinds of buttons and they these build their own most these sorts of gates and oh yeah yeah totally if you're really really into it you build your own yeah 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 well the layout over the years has been interesting i mean especially nintendo has kind of like moved the envelope around sega helped a little bit i think by adding genesis that well the yeah didn't the genesis have the first no the saturn had, genesis had three buttons right the genesis the had six it was three and then six yeah yeah so genesis yeah. added six buttons over time and then the saturn added the stick first right mm. or was was playstation before saturn i don't remember with the stick. i don't remember the order of those two there was a a dual analog controller for the ps1 i don't know if that came out before or after the saturn though Sony introduced yeah, the know. first stick. Okay. That's what this says. I'm not going to research more of it, but whatever. Yeah. The, that time was when those analog sticks came out. It was weird because especially like the PlayStation one, right. Had yeah. to, su- all the games had to support the no stick controller. Oh, you know, right. Nintendo might've Ninten- mm-hmm. did Nintendo have, would N64 the sixty would the sixty four thumbstick actually be considered a a stick? I mean, yes, but it was after the the PlayStation made the move. Yeah, no, I think PlayStation yes. made it later. No, mm-hmm. pretty sure the order of release there the N sixty four came out after the that analog stuff. Hmm. But it, it barely matters because the way it was used was so different. Yeah. Sure, and, and, and the even way it operated it, is different. It's a ball. It's not a yeah. It's not a digital thing like the rest of them are it's a full-on ball stick and even if you go back like go back and try playing some of those original ps1 games that used the analog controller like ape escape oh boy the game controls like a madhouse compared to what like modern games and how you kind of expect modern games to control if you go in with that mindset and try to go play those games you're gonna be baffled and just unable to understand what to do okay so, you know, it, it took the it, it has taken game developers a very long time to kind of settle on a standard control layout and to just sort of go like, hey, this is what a controller is and kind of how games should work. And, you know, kind of now, I think this generation, people have sort of been like, all right, we can start experimenting a little bit again with controls sure, and adding sure. this haptic stuff and doing stuff like that. I think because the like, making buttons yeah. and triggers and all this stuff better. I think there's a digital trigger now, which is kind of interesting. It's like a mouse click instead of the pull, like the spring pull mm-hmm. um, <laughs> that is becoming very popular on the shoulder buttons. Um, Just from like a, a responsiveness perspective. Yeah. So like, especially in shooters, if you can engage the minute your button, your finger hits the button versus waiting for three quarters of the spring to go. Right. Right. Um, they're much more interesting. And like, if you took apart this scuff, it's actually very like the technology in it is kind of amazing. Some of these buttons are the actuators on these things are so minuscule and tiny and like you, the technology inside of these things is getting better, even though the outsides aren't getting better. Mm. Um, which is why you have the battle beavers and the other companies cropping up, making high quality, expensive custom controllers. Right. 
Um, and the first parties are kind of pushing it, I think, too. And so I think that's the, the new frontier is like making controllers in these layouts that last much, much longer and control much quicker and better with better feedback, like you were saying, versus uh, wondering what the new frontier. I think leave that to Nintendo. <laughs> Yeah, sure. We'll we'll take something from Nintendo when they come up with something that's worth taking. <laughs> <laughs> Let them play in their own little sandbox. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a do you, since we're on the kind of like not full history because we're not historians moment, but like do you have a a historical controller that you just like hate or love or both? Like one of each or well just anything that stands out in your mind and like I kept I mean, one of these because I love them. Or I, I mean, for me, they're they feel light to me now, going back to them. But nothing, nothing will ever quite feel the same as that Super Nintendo controller. Yeah, certainly is a classic. It's it holds the test of time. I still have a bunch of them, and they still feel good to hold, even though they're light. Yeah, I th- I think uh, the original NES controller is kind of bad. It's a little small, I think, is my problem with it now. Yeah, well, it's definitely small now. It was less bad when I was young and playing it, but it's certainly a problem now. It's funny. But I think that... the problem I have with it is that it's so square. Yeah, I was just about to say, it's funny that in a world where an Atari 2600 had, like, pistol-gripped things that look more like the N64. And, right? like, a weird straight-up joystick. And thing. joysticks mm-hmm. and paddles and all sorts of stuff. Nintendo was like, a square shape first, the, right? Because the original, you know, that NES controller is, yes, A, very small, but B is just like a hard plastic rectangle. And if you play with that thing for any period of time, your hands kind of, it kind of digs in and I don't think you're sucks. supposed to grip it that way. I think you're supposed to kind of do this, like, like, like imagine holding a stat. Yeah, pink, like a pinch. Yeah, which is very strange, too. It gives you carpal tunnel it's- instantly. Yeah, it's like that's not I, my hands don't work like this. So, yeah. yeah, I think the NES controller is kind of bad. You're probably right, but it, it, you know it is very classic shape. I didn't uh, like the Dreamcast that, that NES controller. One is really good. I never used one for more than maybe twenty or thirty minutes. I hated it. Yeah, wait, it's way too big. I mean, in in so much as the Duke was big, like yeah, the Dreamcast controller was ridiculous in its size. It took all the wrong lessons from the Duke, right? <laughs> it integrated some weird peripheral thing. It then also was gigantic, had weird button layouts. Yeah, the Just peripheral was never system. even used, so you had a giant gaping hole in the controller for most of the time you were using it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know? And, it, it, and, you know, the one time you get to see your Moogle in there or whatever, and it wasn't the rest as... of the time it's like... <laughs> yeah. It wasn't as bad as the 3D... Uh, the 3D Saturn controller, I guess. The one that was the big circle. I don't think I ever used that one. Yeah, I yeah, think it was called the 3D control either. pad. And it was the one that had the analog stick on the left-hand side and the D-pad on the bottom. And six buttons from the Genesis. And then, uh, and yeah. it was literally a gigantic circle. It's pretty bad. Oh my god, I googled a picture of this. <laughs> this thing is a nightmare, dude. No yeah. one should ever have used this. Was the, you got it with nice like dinner plate with like little feet on the bottom. <laughs> you got what it with th- um, what a thing, Nights into Dreams, I think was the game. Which wasn't really Nights a game. A... It was so bad. Like, you kind of just fly around, right? That's that game. Yeah, you kind of mm-hmm. pretty much it. Nights into Dreams, made by the creator of Balan Wonderland. True. Yes. Wonderworld. Wonderland. Wonderworld. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Who is no longer at? Uh, maybe. Maybe we should have known all along. Who, he just uh, said why. Uh, suddenly departed recently. Maybe we should have known all along. I think yeah. the GameCube controller gets a lot of love and a lot of flack, and I think it's very serviceable. Uh. That's going to be my uh, spicy opinion is I friggin' hate the GameCube controller. I kind of like it, but I it's also... because you've gotten PTSD from playing Smash so much and you just can't <laughs> live 
without it. Uh, so think. okay, uh, we can just get into right, that right now. <laughs> we can get into that right now. I I also I, don't like Smash, so that's like another. I did the test, you, know, you guys. Black mark against. Me. I did the test. I have a GameCube controller and an adapter. I have a Pro controller. I have Joy Cons, and I have the Hori Split Pro. And you can better believe the GameCube controller is still the best one for Smash. It's not even close. I mean, that doesn't surprise me too much. It's just, right? it I surprises mean, me a lot. I mean, I thought that the Pro controller would be better, but. But, um, but why? The guy, the guy who developed Smash developed it playing a GameCube. I, but and the, the game hasn't changed really that Smash much. Smash Ultimate from should be better, I guess. I don't know. But it's the same game, really, underneath. I mean, nah, that's not true. That's a lie. But, like, the the commands, the the inputs haven't changed much. I had, you know what I had? Uh, I noticed this, too, along the lines of the scuff thing. I don't know if you've noticed this with some of your own controllers. But, like, I had a problem with every single controller I try to use. Like, first of all, like, I have button PTSD from, like, not knowing if I'm pushing a button or not with the Joy-Cons because they're so small. That sometimes mm-hmm. you feel like you might be pushing a button, but maybe your thumb's not pushing it all the way down. I don't know. Who knows? The Hori Split Pro, the sticks are so bad. They're so bad. The The Pro Controller sticks are are really good. They're as good as the Scuff sticks. Uh, I don't. Do you know what a dead zone is? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Scuff, almost no dead zone pro controller no dead zone that i could find that hori split pro controller maybe half the stick push it's just like you could just move the stick halfway and it won't move it's about half the last i'm not even all the way i'm not exaggerating you you are absolutely right yes that's terrible yes the buttons are are decent and the size is good but the stick is like oh the dead zone is so bad. And of course, because it's on a Nintendo, you can't adjust for the dead zone mm-hmm. like you could on a PC. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Pro Controller, I had problems with squeezing the controller or brushing the D pad somehow accidentally. And it, it triggering the top button of the D pad multiple times, even though I was just moving the stick around. I don't know. I, I'm having a lot of problems with a lot of controllers. <laughs> if I'm thinking about buying a battle beef. Is the solution to this that uh, you need to just stop and be forced to use one controller? Don't make me do like, that. You're or constantly build, or build his own. That's yeah. Oh. There you go. That's the that's I just sent you guys a link um to a very interesting take on build your own controllers. This thing looks like some sort of pipe dream. This isn't real, I think. Uh is this a cube? They are modular cubes that you can stick together in different orientations and then you can top the different sides with controllers be they D-pads or sticks or button pads um, to basically fit whatever shape uh, controller you want. I don't know. So I, I think there is there is a very important and useful use for this. Okay. And you can see it in some of their uh, like uh, uh, stuff here on their website where they talk about like who is this for and who uses these. Okay. This is like super useful for people with disabilities a- and maybe people who have like, you know, inability to use certain fingers or, or, you know, various limbs or whatnot. I think this is probably like an awesome thing for someone like that who needs to be able to press both a stick and face buttons, but like the left stick and the face buttons with one hand. Oh sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. This good. is awesome. Yeah. This is something awesome for them, right? Because they it, can create it allows like you to pull almost instead of a controller, yeah. like a staff or, or some kind of some kind of really crazy setup thing, right? And this is awesome for that. I think this is maybe 
too far in the deep end for Andrew. I think what <laughs> I want yeah. to do, what I want is a Frankenstein of like, I want the sticks off of my pro controller, the back paddles off of my vantage, the D pad off of an Xbox, maybe, you know what I mean? Like the, mm. the digital triggers off of something <laughs> off of like a battle beaver. I want, I want the Frankenstein so you really do. controller. What you need is the, like build your own keyboard of controllers. Right? Yeah. yeah. You need a DIY kit. Where, where are you? Someone tell me who has sure the DIY they, I'm kit. I'm sure they exist. I'm sure they do exist. Because, like, you know, speaking of keyboards, like, building your own keyboard is an insane and is a sane, an insanely deep hobby as well, right? There are people who are, like, way, way, way into, like, oh, these are the kinds of keycaps you get. These are the kinds of, like, membranes that you use. And, oh, I like this custom, like, I can determine the tension in this key based on some other app and all kinds of crazy stuff. Sure. Oh yeah. Bespoke keyboards is definitely a rabbit hole on YouTube. Oh yeah. Yes. Just really insane. Like, Oh, this company only makes like keycaps to order with you specify the tensions and all this stuff. I am very close, however, to ordering an elite two and just seeing if I like it. I was going to say, Andrew, I think the elite Xbox controllers are those ones that like have them that are premium build quality, which seems to be a thing you I, complained about. With I some think of these. premium build and quality is probably lot, a good thing. A lot of customization. Yeah. I mean, you can change out those D pads for different stuff. However, I also know um, there's at least a couple streamers that I, I have watched who have said they had to stop using their uh, Xbox elite controllers, which they liked. Uh, because the D-pads broke because they were too good at Mario and, and broke them. <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> so I don't know that like, you know, you and I are on that level. Uh, I'm not. And we certainly don't use it that much as much as a streamer would. Right. And but, that's the uh, thing. That's, I think, the thing where Scuff gets a bad name, too, is that they have these higher end products. At least they used to. I can't speak to the current stuff. My Vantage is years old. Right. But I bought a years old Vantage that was lightly used and it works pretty dang well. Um, and like, I'm, I use it a couple hours a week, right? I'm not going to break it. Like a streamer breaks it playing eight hours on a day, every single day. Nothing's going to hold up to that. And people have this unreal expectation that they can beat the heck out of stuff for eight hours a day. And the important thing to say is like the companies, the official controllers that are made for these systems in some respects do account for that, right? They make those controllers you know, the reason a PlayStation controller costs $60, well, is like one corporate greed, but also some level of they have put these things in like horrible, you know, horrible Cthulhu devices that <laughs> sit and mash all the buttons for 500 hours a day for, you know, a month or whatever and verify that the buttons don't break after doing that. Right. right. And yeah, you know, like, there's, you know, like any manufacturing process, some controllers will be bad and therefore, you know, some won't work and live up to that standard. But, you know, they set the bar at the 90th percentile or the whatever the percentile and yeah. then, you know, that's, make sure that that many of them do. That's true. And a lot of those those streamers say that, oh, well, my original DualShock's still going, you know, and mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I don't know how much of that is. Well, you used the other controller for a bunch of time. And, Certainly that has something to do with it. Or sure. the other part of it is it's only $60 to replace it instead of an Elite 2, which is $200. Also something about it, right? Yeah. And, and you it, know, the, people played on Super Nintendo controllers for, what, 20 years or whatever. But you can go buy a Super Nintendo controller for very cheap, right? Just like you want to replace a Super Nintendo controller, those things are not expensive. Right. And yeah. there's not a lot of technology in them. No. And so they yeah. don't have to be expensive. Why they're easy right? to replace. Well, yeah. that's the other thing, too, is you could buy a third-party one of those, and it's probably even better than the Nintendo one at this point. It, at least, if nothing else, it's probably cheaper because it's not, you know, vintage Nintendo. Well, and even a vintage one, um, you're going to have to buy the same exact aftermarket parts that are in the aftermarket ones uh, eventually because stuff wears out. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Those a lot of those older controllers are made with very 
the membranes that they used for pushing the actuators, right, are are very, 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 very fragile compared to modern ones, if they have them at all. In modern ones, um, yeah. Anyway, I think, oh, man, now I'm staring at Elite Twos. <laughs> I shouldn't, I shouldn't do it, but I kind of want to. I think, I think uh, you know, maybe. Give yourself some time, you know. I, you need to commit, like I said, you need to commit to a controller and just say, I'm doing this one and use it for like six months before, or three months or something I'm re- before you decide to move I on. I mean, you, we could talk about this now. Um, I mean, I'm relatively committed to this scuff one. But if you play on a Nintendo, you can't, you can't, right? You have to use the Nintendo layout. Um, what are your thoughts, you guys, on... on why why can't they kind of come together on the standardization of what actuation buttons are where right like a versus circle versus the different a on the on the uh, nintendo you already, i mean you already got it wrong if you're doing the playstation right x is the a button oh unless you're talking about the nintendo a yeah because the Xbox A is the is the same as an X on the PlayStation controller, right? And the same as the B button on a Nintendo controller, right? right. Nintendo can the lettering on the Nintendo is swapped around from the Xbox, right? Yes. What are you? And the only re- the only reason they do that is because Nintendo did it that way before, and they have chosen never to change. They will never change. That's true. But the important thing to remember about all of the controllers is that the layout is the same. It's a, it is a, there are four buttons an up, down, left, and a right. And I have memorized positions. I have not learned what button is on them. Right. Sure. So like, you know, I have gotten to the point where like I can pick up an Xbox or a PlayStation controller. And if you dump me into like a mini game or a rhythm game or whatever, where you have to like fast hit buttons, I just instinctively know which of those buttons is where. Yeah, because they're the same, will, even though they're the same. I will screw it on a Nintendo controller sometimes, yeah. where I'll be like meaning to hit uh, OK and I'll hit cancel or right, whatever. Right. Uh, but it's always only A and B and X and Y, never the other directions that I mess up. And as long as the game isn't doing something really wild, usually that's like OK and cancel. And then the other two are like, you know, some sort of action sure. and like menu or something like that, typically. Right. Yeah. So, and and with most games it gets to the point where you don't even you don't even think about anymore like what button it is you're pressing unless something really requires you to. Unless you're bouncing yeah. around controllers a lot. Um like if I go from playing a PC game to playing a Nintendo game, I definitely screw up yes. for a few minutes. Same. Yeah. Yeah, definitely definitely true. And I think uh I also combat this by trying not to play too many games at the same time. Yeah, and really sticking with one or maybe two games at a time. At least so in the same get on the same things. thing, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely on the same thing, but also just like in general. So, like if I have a Switch game that I'm playing, I maybe have also a PC game that I'm playing, and then kind of nothing else. Yeah, um, you know, and maybe I still play like card games on the side or whatever, but those use the mouse, and so therefore, yeah, I was like, going to say you could you could do like a a PC game that's mouse keyboard, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, man, we're going to run out of time, so we're going to have to do part two because I'm not okay. done. And I know sure. you guys probably aren't done either, right? We didn't talk about a lot of this stuff. So, um, let's end it with your favorite design shape. So you've kind of got a standard shape now, right? Which is the kind of like wide wing the Xbox 360 popular popularized the wide wing. Um, the, the PlayStation DualShock is a lot narrower in terms of how it spreads your hands. Obviously, we're not going to say the uh, the nunchuck on the or the uh, what do you call it? The Joy-Con is the winner on the Wii. Uh, oh, but the Wii nunchuck might be. Um, do you have a favorite shape roughly? Is there something that's too wide for your hands? Is there something that is too narrow? What's your go-to on a shape when you look at a controller? I have no idea how to answer this question because I'm <laughs> always the guy that for most of my time, right, 
on consoles, I used the standard controller, the official one that came with it. And on the PC, I took whichever console controller I liked and plugged it in and kept using that until it died. And then I got the next controller that I liked next best. And I plugged that in. And so, like, I never, I, I never attempted to experiment, and <laughs> so I just kind of, like, I just used whatever I had. And yeah, I didn't want to buy more controllers, so I just kept doing this. Okay, all right. Yeah. So I had for a long time, I had the Logitech's knockoff of the DualShock that I used for my computer, uh, and that that thing lasted me forever. Uh, okay. I think I actually went through two of them before I I finally made a change. So, um, like, the more narrow, narrow, the more narrow PlayStation wing versus a wider. Yes controller yeah uh but now i actually have um uh an xbox uh clone by afterglow oh okay so an xbox 360 clone or xbox one clone what is the um what do the start buttons look like the the start buttons are not clustered in the middle so it's the i think it's a 360 clone uh, it's probably an Xbox One clone, I think. If the do do they have like lines on them, or do they have like a a like a triangle? Mm, they're more like lines. Okay, I think the Xbox yeah, One sure. one of the buttons is like the hamburger button, quote unquote, from a website. You know? Yeah, yeah, it's a little more like the 360 controller, except the the Xbox button and the start buttons are not in a line; they're in a V. Oh, I see what you're saying. So okay. the Xbox maybe that button is, maybe is that dropped. Is a three, just maybe a that little. is a 360 style. Then that, that may be. You may you may be right on that one. Uh, I I think I will say uh, as, that despite me having been using a DualShock uh, for my PC for a long time, I do like the thicker handles of the wing. I guess Andrew, as Andrew is describing it. Sort of like that thicker handle that the Xbox controller has. Yeah. Uh, uh, and the PlayStation ones have like more narrow grips, um, I guess, but I don't ever really grip them that way. So I don't, I don't know why <laughs> they yeah, have those. It's funny with me because with this one, I think I like this one a little bit better just because it has a little bit of added heft, but that's kind of a, a dual edged sword because if I'm playing for a long time, that extra weight I can feel feel like in my wrists yeah yeah you definitely don't want to control this too heavy there is a balance somewhere between like premium heavy components and light feeling like easy to lift for sure so yeah i've actually i've had this one long enough to burn out the uh the leds in it so it doesn't (laughs) glow anymore which i'm actually kind of okay with because um, it's not super bright in the room where my computer is. And so if I'm playing, um, like at night, um, mm. the, the glow, well, for one, it was blue. So that intense blue light is a lot on your eyes when you're already staring at a computer Ooh, yeah. monitor. Yeah. And two, there were times when it would just, you'd get weird, you'd get weird color and shadow effects on the screen from the light being thrown off the controller. Yeah. It's not what you want. I don't mind that. Well, I don't mind. I don't. Uh, maybe the scuff one's not as bright. I don't know. But like, it has that front light and it has the blue light from the touchpad. So I don't know if it bothers me. I don't know. All right. Um, well, we'll continue. But, yeah, we have to continue because yeah. I also got to know. There's too more. much to talk about. Yeah, there's too much to talk there's about. There's so much. So. Um, follow up with us to email us. Let us know what you think about controllers and where we're at right now. And we'll do part two of component class controllers next week. It's just too much. It's, it's impossible to cover it all in one go. I didn't think we could. And I was right. <laughs> Until next time, hit up We Were Gamers anywhere on the internet and we'll talk to you very soon. Maybe through our headset plugged into our DualShock 4.